Hello and welcome to the DFS Academy NFL podcast for week seven. I'm your host, Matthew, a.k.a. Dark Sheep. I'm joined by a couple of very special guests here tonight. First off, we have uh, Alex Santi of uh, Roto Grinders. Alex, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Matthew. For those listeners that aren't really uh, aware of your uh, what you do over there at Roto Grinders, why don't you uh, give us a little introduction? Um, I just write a couple of articles, man. I write uh, right now. I write uh, a usage trends article where I go through the. Uh, volume throughout the league and find trends and see how they relate to the following week. Then I preview three or four games a week in the weekly grind down, the kind of, I guess, flagship article of the site. And then during the baseball season, I split the grind down with uh, Taylor. That's my that's my function there. Nothing sexy. It's just put myself in a dark room and start banging away at the keyboard. <laughs> I know uh, I had first been introduced to you based on your uh blog writing over there you had pretty prolific blog over there in the on roto grinders thank you our second guest tonight is uh someone who i know as a tribe of shabazz from uh some discord communities a really great efs player tribe how are you doing tonight i'm doing well man what is your quick history of uh dfs playing how long you've been playing that sort of stuff you don't really have a article or anything so just just a quick intro on you know, how long you've been playing and that sort of stuff oh way to call, call out my credentials man um yeah <laughs> this, is, this is the podcast for all i've just been grinding dfs since 2013 just a father of four trying to make some money on the side that doesn't involve residual income or multi-level marketing man so <laughs> Yeah, the only thing safer than multi-level marketing is gambling. <laughs> hey, it makes a move. <laughs> well, with those uh, great intros out of the way, let's jump into a topic that I was interested in talking about tonight. Going into this week, there's quite a few high total games. There's quite a few pay-up uh, wide receivers, ton of running backs with potential this week too. When it comes to time to uh, building your lineups. You can have a general strategy, and then you come down to that flex spot, and you're basically open to anyone, running back, wide receiver, tight end. I guess I'm interested to know, we'll start with you, Alex. When it comes to, uh, let's let's focus on GPP. How do you go about deciding on flex spot, and how do you want to attack that for a week? Well, the generic, exam- well, the generic answer is probably they choose the best player I can that fits in, who's left over. Because I'm I'm more of a core player. I don't play, yeah. I don't play 150 lineups. I play one to three, sometimes five, maybe ten. But what I'm doing is I select my core of however many running backs, wide receivers, and then I have guys who I plug in. And then how I decide that flex is usually um, based on positional scarcity, where there's an edge in ownership, where there's an edge in a game total, what fits in a game stack. Uh, so all of those things kind of go on a piece of paper, and I start checking off boxes and see, see what the matrix looks like. Um, I think that's more of an art than a science. I don't think it's definitely you got to have a, a running back in cash, and you got to have a wide receiver in GPPs, especially on FanDuel. I mean, FanDuel, you see three running backs very frequently in lineups in large field GPPs, not just in the short field GPPs. I guess maybe the more generic answers, it depends, but those are the things that much depends for me. Yeah, and you know that's you kind of mentioned there the the conventional wisdom that a lot of people talk about it. You know, you got your you want to get your running back, 
in cash they over. and when I have the wide receiver uh, because they have that ceiling tribe what do you think about that conventional I mean I think there's plenty of merit to that I think there's been plenty of like articles and lookbacks on that and everything for me personally like especially when it comes to GPPs I think that first step definitely is what Alex touched on where you're like you're just looking at the slate like what is the slate giving you I think for me personally when I'm building lineups especially if I'm doing you know multiple entries like 20 max stuff or 150 looking at what the slate's giving you and then like saying like okay like if the slate is basically giving us a running back in the flex let me dig in on these receivers who are in that same price range as like those running backs who I think are going to be there. And let me see if there's more upside, if there's benefit or leverage to playing a receiver there rather than a running back and vice versa. Something I kind of do along those lines is I'll run a bunch of, uh, see what see what's coming up a lot and try to go the opposite way. Do you guys ever try to do that? I try to do both when I run optimals. I will click the running back only. I'll click the wide receiver only. I will also lock in different players, like my cash lineup. I'm not an optimal, um, I'm not an optimizer cash lineup guy. I mean, I'm kind of half hand build, half optimizer. So what I do is I tend to lock, you know, one, two, three, four different guys in combination with them, just to see what shows up, you know, with a running back, with a wide receiver. And I probably just doing that by hand, but it's not a hard rule because that time when you're supposed to use wide receiver, I want to pass up on it because I had a silly rule, you know, I think that's, that's very dangerous in this game, you lose a lot of money playing by, playing by silly little rules, you know. Yeah, a lot of times new players want to, they want to know how to do it, you know, this is the way, and then they get locked in, and one rule that I almost always stick to, never tight end, if you ever dabble in the uh, flex tight end? There are two tight ends I'm willing to do that with, and it's solely based on if there's like a cheap punt tight end, I can also play with them, and that's Kittle and Kelsey. Like, especially this year, like those are the only tight ends that are giving you like wide receiver one type numbers. Other than that, it's just I there's just no upside to doing that. Um, you know, people convince themselves otherwise. You know, people talk themselves into playing a Darren Waller and a two tight end lineup. Hertz has been dust this season, um, but we didn't know that going in, so I see people doing it at the beginning of the year, but yeah, outside of Kittle and uh, Kelsey, I'm, I'm not really trying to do that. And even then, it's like, I'm yellowing it. I think, I mean, you touched on Darren Waller, and I haven't done it and half considered it the, was it two weeks after he had the 16 target? And I tried a couple of builds, and I always found a wide receiver, because then, then what you do is you plug in the $2,500 or $3,200 tight end, right, is the flex. And you have Darren Waller as your tight end, and what you're saying is Darren Waller is my wide receiver three, and then I've got my flex as my de facto tight end, and then my wide receiver three is my de facto flex, right? You can always find a $3,200 wide receiver with more upside than that $3,200 tight end. You can just always do it. You can find some burner who's playing 65% of the snaps who can get that one big touchdown who's got that 14 yard a dot i think what happens a lot of times is people when they come when they come to this idea of running two tight ends shortly after hearing you got to be unique right mm-hmm. so they're in a big pp contest and they they hear someone saying oh you got to be unique so they think oh well nobody plays two tight ends so let me try that one of my rules playing dfs is 
if there's something I'm not smart enough to know when it's the right time to do it, that happens at such a small percentage of the time, such as the week that it makes sense to play two tight ends, I just don't do it. If I guess, I'm probably going to be wrong. Yeah, and being unique isn't just being unique in your build. That is important to be unique in your build, but um, the simplest way to be unique is being unique in your player choice. You know, like get that down first, then figure out how to get unique with your builds. Great advice. Yeah. You know, let's let's roll into this week. Have you? I don't know if you guys done any lineup building. There's been a little bit of a, a schedule shuffle uh, with the like COVID situation in the uh, the Las Vegas game. That game got moved to the afternoon, and the Seattle Seahawks Cardinals game got moved to the night spot. But it looks like both FanDuel and DraftKings are keeping the Seattle Seahawks game and the Cardinals game on the main slate. Uh, so this is something I'm used to because uh, Yahoo actually has their Sunday main slate with the night game. So that that's really important to this week because that's one of those high total games. So we have that Seattle Seahawks, Arizona Cardinals game, and it's one of the three games that's over 55 total when I'm looking at it here. We just saw Kyler Murray take on, I think everybody was watching that game, take on Dallas. We've all seen Russell Wilson and his magic road show that he's taken across the U.S. What I'm getting at is I think this uh, game's going to be very popular. Tribe, uh, are you looking at this game or uh, as a full game stack, or are you looking at pieces, do you think? I'm conflicted on it. I already know we're just going to get bombarded with so many touts going on and on about like the greatness of this late night hammer now that it's the Sunday night game. So a part of me wants to just take like pieces from it as opposed to a full game stack. It's interesting when I was actually doing like early uh, early runs in the optimizer this week, I actually wasn't getting a whole lot in terms of game stacks, it was giving me a lot of giving a ton of Drake, who I think like didn't get priced up. He's forty eight hundred. He's almost assuredly going to be super chalk. So I can see myself doing. I don't know, maybe doing like a, a Drake locket like pieces of that game as a secondary stack in my lineup. Look, looking what the ownership is now, like I don't know that I really want to eat that chalk. And there's I haven't seen a whole lot yet where like I'm willing to get like super different. Um, in some places, but you know, it's only Thursday. I really don't start building till Saturday anyway, so you know, we'll see where see where I land going into Sunday. Uh, Alex, what do you think about uh, you know the receiving option? Uh, I am considering fading the entire game just because there's we have the, one of the games that I did right up for today was Cleveland Cincinnati. Um, now, am I all in on Cleveland Cincinnati? No, am I excited about Cleveland Cincinnati? No. But it has a 50 over-under, and that's the median over-under on the entire slate. Think about that. The median over-under on the entire slate is 50. There are plenty of places to go that people are not going to go that are going to score a lot of points. Like 50 is still a big fucking number, right? Like, I don't care what year it is. I don't care what the environment is in the NFL. That's a big number. So when I look at this game, I want to find something that's going to look go low-owned with a high ceiling. <sighs> I'm not really finding it. I, I I love Kyler Murray. Russell Wilson is you know one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I don't care what anyone says about that. Tyler Lockett. Everyone's gonna have Tyler Lockett. If I'm gonna go somewhere on Seattle, it's probably gonna be DK Metcalf. A lot of DK Metcalf um, to go overweight on the field. Uh, Kenyon Drake is, is 
pretty hard to watch. It's very price. He's hard to watch. Chase Edmonds would be a great option, but Chase Edmonds isn't getting the run that we want him to get. Uh, Christian Kirk. Everyone's going to play Christian Kirk because he got two splash plays. You know? so people are just going to go for it, so you can't even take the – that's not even taking a flyer. That's almost eating chalk. DeAndre Hopkins and Cash, sign me up. Yeah, yeah. Actually, let, let's jump over to that uh, that browns Bengals game because, you know, that's – you know, whether or not Baker is hurt is one thing, but uh, everybody's pretty far down on Baker right now. Yeah. So that, that seems like a great buy low spot. I mean, he's, you know, there's, I mean, not, not to talk about narratives, but everybody's talking about Odell should be traded, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Cream Hunt looks like he is going to be the, the you know, the most popular part of that. But for me, I think, I think I'm interested in uh, Baker passing. Well, it's probably terrible etiquette for me to ask the host a question, but I'm ask the host a question. Um, oh, okay, um, go ahead. How do you feel about Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill, he is a quarterback. <laughs> I, I try not to have feeling. Uh, well, because Tannehill, what, may, Tannehill what do you mean? and Mayfield have the same volume with about two thirds of the accurate, with about two thirds of the efficiency. So if I'm going to go for a low price that's low-owned and I want this game, why don't I just go Joe Burrow? Yeah, that that works for me too. I'm not opposed to that. I just I just was seeing Baker as a as a getting a lot of negative publicity lately and those are sort sort of sometimes places I want to jump in. But yeah, sure, let's go Joe Burrow. I'll, I can I can handle that. Where do you guys stand on uh, AJ Green? If we're if we're going Joe, uh, I'm curious. Do it at your own peril. <laughs> <laughs> no, curious. I'm, I'm curious. It's I don't know what to do with him. I I wrote him up. I just I say it's in fact. You know, I mean, 39 percent of the air yards last week. You can't deny that. He got three fewer targets than t- Tyler Boyd. Hi, Tyler Boyd. Yeah, you can't. Can't ignore his play on lineups. Price is a really good. Season. So it's a very easy to stack. You can stack this game and play whoever you want. Um, in that case, maybe you have to use green to be a little different. I know Joe Mixon's popped up on the injury report the last few days. So if he ends up not playing, Giovanni Bernard would be an interesting. Play, he might end up. Uh, he'd be the he'd be the ultra chalk. I think he'd be the ultra chalk. Yeah. They're running the ball. I mean, uh, Mixon leads the leads the NFL in touches. Uh, the Bengals are what second or third in total rushes this year. They are what second behind the Cowboys in total plays run. This has an eye over here. Mixon um, is a passing in the couple weeks a little bit more. You know, he's not um, Damian Thompson or anything, but he's gotten his target share up to like 10.8, somewhere around 11%. So if he can get 11% of the target share, what can Gio Bernard get? I mean, I love Cincinnati. I'm probably going to be like vastly overweight on him. Like they immediately caught my eye, um, especially uh, really for the, what you mentioned with, I think Kareem Hunt is projected to be like the highest on player on the slate, which is 
interesting. Um, but like you said, like everybody's just really down on like the passing game for Cleveland. And I don't know that I really want to play Baker or stack that side, but I do like the idea of stacking Burrow uh, with those with those pass catchers and running it back with Odell. So I'm probably going to have quite a few quite a few builds with that combination. Um, and if Gio Bernard like ends up starting and mixing this as one more person to put in the player pool. I'm not sh- sure how I feel about that though, because they're still they're still about middle of the pack in terms of like how much they're actually running the ball just in general. And I, I would have to dig in on like what those red zone splits look like. But yeah, like I love Cincinnati this week to be honest, and I'm surprised they haven't actually been talked about more or not get garnering like more ownership than they currently are projected for. They're cheap as fuck. They're extremely cheap. I mean, you, you, play, you play them, they're low-owned. You can fit whoever you want. Like, you can just play the chalk, like, at that point, you know. If you want to, you know, if I want to play uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Lockett, you know, secondary stack, like, I could probably fit that fairly easily. We have another team that had a really poor performance recently, the Packers. They're part of the, the highest total right now, 57, prime looking. Did Rodgers uh, ruin his season with that uh, thrust dance thing that he did? Did it just like curse him <laughs> or what? What happened last week? Well, my mother-in-law was actually in town the weekend, and uh, I didn't watch the game live, but I heard her saying "fuck you, Joe Buck" a lot. <laughs> so I figured bad <laughs> things were happening. <laughs> no shit, I can hear her in the other room. "Fuck you, Joe Buck." <laughs> <laughs> Always talking. We already know the interception, There's... the first interception. And, uh, you know, so I, I did watch the game. It's like a game without a plan. So I don't know if this is coaching. I don't know if this is Rogers changing things in line of scrimmage. The guys were running the wrong routes. I actually started, I came back that game last week. And I just had to be on kid duty so I couldn't watch it. But that was my single entry tournament. It was Aaron Rodgers and. Chris Godwin and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. And uh, I'm considering doing the exact same thing this week with Will Fuller. Who do you run it back on? You yeah. Will Fuller? Yeah, I'm considering doing the exact same thing with Will Fuller in place of Chris Godwin, where I used Chris Godwin last week. Tribe, which which side would you prefer to uh, stack on that? I'll probably lean Houston, I'm going to be honest, only because with Green Bay, I'm either stacking with the running back, which I don't really want to do, or like I'm playing Valdez Scantling and his brick hands, <laughs> or like Robert Tanya and why? <laughs> like, yeah. like, I mean, it it really just comes down like, you know, the way I break down. I'm playing a lot more um like twenty max stuff, and uh, doing some more most some some more MMEing this week. So I I usually break down my stack my primary stacks into having some uh, quarterbacks with two pass catchers and then like a certain uh, amount quarterback and just a single pass catcher. So I'll, I will have some Rogers Adams stacks. Definitely. It's just so limiting with the Packers just cause they have, they don't have anyone else that really steps up other, other than Devonte Adams. And I, I just feel like I can just get a lot more creative with the Houston side between Fuller cooks, Randall Cobb revenge game narrative. Mm-hmm. Even that type of thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what is Darren Fells like. He's been getting love. I don't know if the other tight end is still going to be out, but you know. oh, those touchdowns. Listen, <laughs> if I'm playing like Fandor, 
you know, that's that's really all that matters over there. Hey, you get points for that. I like points. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, back to uh, I wanted to speaking touch on of point about playing twenty max. Yeah, do a lot of you know single entry and three max. You can go like I started doing this back in the back in the Pittsburgh uh, heights, like the peak Pittsburgh days, and it just worked in under bad contests all the time. I just smashed them. And it was like every week I was just getting, and this is when I was a smaller time player doing like $5 hundred bands. It was like four, five, six hundred dollars every single week doing this. So in the smaller contest, you can do that, but you're right. In the large field tournaments, you want to kind of, you want to be very careful with the quarterback running back stack. Yeah, it's not a hard and fast rule. And I think if you're projecting, like if you're expecting Green Bay to score, you know, four plus touchdowns, it's absolutely viable. You know, because like honestly, like, the touchdowns are going to be Adams, Jones, and then you're either going to get a random Jamal Williams vulture at the goal line or, you know, some random, like, Mercedes Lewis, like, rollout touchdown at the one-yard line nonsense. We, uh, you, you mentioned revenge. Uh, what, what about the, uh, the Teddy B revenge as a team that gave him a shot last year? It's not really revenge. Sort of the opposite of revenge. The gratitude but, uh, narrative. <laughs> the, the gratitude narrative. That's Thank good. you for getting me this job. Yeah, so what do you guys think about that game this week? I think uh, I've been playing a lot of Teddy B. Not so much last weekend where he got super popular, but before that, uh, he has very condensed passing options, and he's usually passing it. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll start off. That's probably going to be my single-entry game stack. No one's going to play it. I talked to Chris Gino and before he put out the ownership. I don't even know if ownership is live yet, but he said that it was uh, going to be low owned. I was like, that's good enough for me. I asked Cardi, like, hey, what's the deal with some of these projections on New Orleans? And the projections are actually kind of low on New Orleans. Have you taken a look at that at all? I have not. I, I did see that uh, we might not actually get Michael Thomas. He's got now yeah, his hammies yeah, hurt. That kind of just makes the stack pretty, pretty fairly obvious. obvious. I, I would be likely to stack Teddy B. Uh, and DJ Moore and probably Robbie Anderson. Then run it back with Kamara. He just gets so much. I think you can add Manny Sanders to that, depending on ownership. All right. Um, so that's, I think, actually, we have one more big total game to hit, and that's Detroit and Atlanta. These, these situations seem like the same every week with these two teams. Detroit, who's going to get the running back work? And Atlanta. Those are like the same decisions you making. Tribe. I think they're going to go low on like for whatever reason. Like they, a combination of people still don't trust them. They're still the Falcons. People hate Matt Ryan. People are going to argue that you're points chasing and game log watching if you play them. So I don't think they're going to be. I think, what, what did I see them at? Like I saw Ridley and Julio both projected under ten percent. Matt Ryan projected under five percent. If that's true, oh. If that's true, like, all right, that's – gimme, gimme, gimme. Oh, oh, my God. I put my pants back on. <laughs> oh. the, the Detroit side – like, the Detroit side is looking higher on. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I can't. I'm tired of Detroit. I'm so I'm, – I'm done with them. <laughs> so done. <laughs> you know, I think, I think this is a game that benefits from that Seattle-Arizona game staying on the slate. Oh, definitely. Because that would make it the highest – Total, am I correct? Uh, outside, it'd be Green the Bay second Houston. behind uh, Green Bay. So I think both the 
games actually benefit from Seattle and Arizona staying on the slate. This is, I mean, I'm just going to read what I wrote up on Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is the top six in deep ball attempts with a 109.7 rating on those 30 shots. He's fourth in total dropbacks, averaging 44 per game, and is third on the slate with a 9 and 10 dare yards per pass attempt. He's 35 and has one rushing TD since December of 2018 and probably too expensive for cash, but there's a ceiling here for GPPs. Game stacking, the autoplay is probably going to be his counterpart, and the price will serve as a deterrent. But will we really be surprised with a four-touchdown game with 350 yards? Uh, as, for, as for Julio and Calvin, I mean, cool. I, think it's, I think it's simpler than we might think it is. Um, it feels like Julio Roddy all over again. Like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Who's going to get the ball? You know, like both of them are healthy. Yeah, we don't know who's going to get the ball, but the ownership's going to stay low, as we're citing right now on this on the show with the – the ownership. They both can play. The ownership stays low on both. It doesn't take much to get overweight on both. You don't have to play both at the same time. You can get overweight on both. Um, and then if one of them sits, well, you fade the one who plays in GPPs and print money in cash with the one who plays. You know, I don't think it's really that difficult. I just mean, hitting that Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. And uh, I'm not gonna suggest here. What do you guys think about Danny? <laughs> Sneaky athletic. <laughs> I know, man. We're targets like melanin on the show. <laughs> is there is there a metric for that? What, I mean, so that we haven't. I don't even think got... Danny Amendola. Like in all seriousness, I don't think he's any worse a play than Marvin Jones. Is he? Well, I guess it depends on the site, but he's he was somewhere between. He was in the low three thousands. He is 3.3 on DraftKings, okay. which is where I would PPR. prefer to play yeah. him because he's more of a, I, a PPR. I mean, I so far, it's just to say he's a better play than Jones on DK. Considering uh, price, yeah. yeah, yeah. Considering price, he's the better play, and uh, Galladay is kind of eating up all of the 20-plus yard passes right now. And that's Marvin Jones' thing, like catching the long ball, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, Galladay is gobbling up all the 20-plus yard passes, and he's gobbling up all the red zone targets. He's got like five or six or five or six in the last three games he's played. I just don't know where there's space for Jones. And then when you get into the red zone, Hawkinson, you know, you can do a Hawkinson thing and take away from everyone. I want to ask also trying to run now in the red zone, apparently. I was just about to ask a question. What do you guys think of DeAndre Swift? That's 54. That's expensive. Or is it? I don't know. Yeah, I. It seems like it. Like he just he he didn't. I don't think he got any. Last week though, like I saw I saw some things like uh, Adrian Peterson like got hurt, and like that's what a lot of uh, a lot of the extra work came from in that last game. I haven't looked into it at all, or like what. And it was a blowout. He came into the game having uh, some having his it was his appendix or something checked because he was having pain. But he was still played, and he still played, and Kerryon Johnson still got work. So I don't really know why everybody wants to. Run I mean, I, th- I feel like this is the exact same scenario that Kerryon Johnson was last year, where like everyone just wanted him to be that guy, and like every every week, like it seemed like people were waiting for that game where like they finally give him like the bulk of like all of the work, and it just never happened. Like, so. uh, like TJ Yeldon in Jacksonville for a long time. <laughs> I lost a lot of money on that. That's uh, a trick. Uh, I, I lost. I lost CJ Spiller money on that. 
No, I, I kind of feel the same way with DeAndre Swift. I hate three-headed monsters. I don't touch them. I think if you want to talk game theory and absolutes, I don't touch a fucking three-way monster. It just, I just can't do it. You never know who's going to get the ball. No one's going to be on the field for more than 40% of the snaps. No one's going to get more than 12 carries in the game. No one's going to get more than five targets in the game. You're really just playing cracks on the street. But, you know, they're just, we got a full slate, you know. Yeah, and we, it's not like we're just guessing here. We have we have a season and almost a half of this this team and how they're going to use their running backs. So I mean we're we're kind of reaching a, a time limit here, uh, and you know we still haven't even touched on a couple of teams like Kansas City and Buffalo that have both you know single team targets. But uh, just want to check check in with you guys if there's any like last player or thing that you're interested. That's really stood out in your research uh, so Chargers. far. Drive anything? Chargers are real interesting to me. Herbert, Henry, Keenan Allen. Uh, depending like where they fall in ownership, I uh, really like that in GPPs. Also consider, I don't know what to do with their running back situation. We saw, speaking of DeAndre Swift, we just saw him like just go nuclear against Jacksonville last week. So, you know, I might have some interest in the Chargers running game. If it looks like the passing game is going to be the chalk but um either way i like them in that game and alex any any last uh spot that you're looking at or player because the three quarterbacks i'm considering right now for single entry are teddy bridgewater who we talked about earlier uh justin herbert and josh allen i'm considering going naked with josh allen and just getting stacking two games um, two of the games we talked about actually Carolina, New Orleans, and Cleveland, Cincinnati. Ooh, maybe I should. So, okay, sorry, I'm going to bring up a second player. Someone who we didn't bring up in Cleveland, Cincinnati is Austin Cooper. I think Austin Cooper is someone who's maybe the most dependable option for his price in that Cleveland passing game. If Jarvis Landry is out, I mean, the play is obvious, it's Odell. But if, if Jarvis Landry plays, Austin Hooper's getting a lot of run. He's got like 26% target share a couple weeks ago, 22 and 23 or something like that in the two weeks following. Um, so he's a big part of the offense right now. All right. Well, uh, we are the DFS Academy. Uh, you can find us at Twitter at the DFS Academy. Um, if you uh, are interested in joining up over on our site, uh, it's $10 a month. Or if you want to just check it out, $3 a week. Uh, you know, we provide a, a ton of stuff over there. We have, uh, I mean, you can listen to this podcast for free. We also have a, uh, a matchup column uh, written by Josh Kunkel for free if you want to check out the kind of stuff that we're putting out. Uh, but then uh, behind behind the paywall, we have, uh, we have a set of projections by Parker, who you've heard on the show a few times. Uh, thank you to Parker last week for filling in for me and doing the, the solo pod. Appreciate that. Uh, he also puts together a uh, player pool on Sunday for uh, the different uh, types of contests you might be entering. Uh, you have the uh, Hesse stack column. He puts together a buy low model based on uh, the air yards available at uh, edmorefunds.com. Uh, and we also have cheat sheets on all the showdown games. Um, and then even outside of football, you know, uh, we have a ton of CSGO content, projections, cheat sheets, uh, breakdowns. Um, we have tennis stuff. We have, I've been writing up uh, some MLB showdown stuff, pretty much any sport. 
we touch on it, or you also get access to our Discord where all the, all the writers and stuff hang out today, and you can you know, pick our brains or if news is breaking, you can get it there. Uh, so thank you guys uh, for joining me. Uh, Tribe, uh, if, if you want, people to follow you, work can work they follow you. Uh, I'm really bad at social media. Though. I don't even know what my own damn handle is. It is. <laughs> yes. You can follow me at jshabaz87. Right. Jericho, Jericho Shabazz at, uh, on, on the old Twitter machine. And uh, Alex, uh, you know, we everybody can find some of your work over at Roner Grinders, but if they want to hear your, uh, as a tribe called it, your curmudgeonly tweets, uh, where can well, where if you, uh, you want to see me talk about abortion every now and then, you can follow me at Alex Sunday. <laughs> you the thing is, it's not actually all about abortion. Like, I think I actually tweeted, I don't know if I tweeted or just thought it, but Aaron Rodgers' first interception, I was like, this is a fucking abortion. <laughs> That's what I said out loud. I don't know if I tweeted it or not. So sometimes I actually just refer to players as abortions. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this this might be edited a little bit. Here. Listen, man, DF, DFS tout slash political analyst. Like, have you not been on Twitter? That's that's what it is. <laughs> All right, well, thank you everybody for listening. After this completely went off the rails. No, thanks, uh, for the Good luck, this week. bro. Peace. Thank you. No problem. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. <laughs> Oh. Uh.